Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 36 called He is Exalted. I think what Elihu is saying, Job, you can trust God. And he's saying that to you and me. While the human friends and comforters have limited understanding, God does not. And God does not despise people. He loves people. Sometimes when we're going through trials, that's what we wonder. And that's what began, Job began to wonder, does God despise me? Am I now an enemy of God? Why are these arrows coming at me if I'm anything but an enemy of God? And the truth is that God loves us. He doesn't despise us. He loves us, but he does deal with the wicked. If you continue to shake your fist at God, he will deal with you eventually, but he gives justice, look at verse six, to the afflicted. There's an old saying preachers have held on to for years. The job of the preacher is to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. (laughs) Amen? And so if you come into a place like this afflicted, the heart, I think, of every pastor is that you would be comforted. But if you come in here too comfortable, you may just get afflicted a little bit. And that is kind of where this is going now, is Elihu's going to begin to say to Job that you need to consider what God is doing because even though he brings justice to the afflicted righteous of his people, he is doing something. You could say something disciplinary in Job's life. He, God, does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous. Job, he knows what you're going through. But with kings on the throne, he has seated them forever and they are exalted. He never takes his eyes off the innocent but he sets them on thrones with kings and exalts them forever. Whatever your problems may be tonight, they're temporary. See, God's intention is that you would be seated in the heavenlies and one day you're gonna realize the kingdom of God and you're gonna realize a place where sin and death and tears and disease are no more, amen? That's your future as a believer. Joseph, uh, his story is fitting here because he was delivered over to slavery by his brothers. He ends up serving Potiphar, falsely accused. But he went from the prison to what? To the palace. Second highest ruler in Egypt through God's sovereign hand. But in those years of suffering, and some believe that he spent like 14 years going through his suffering with, I'm sure, some lonely nights and question marks. Even though God's favor was with Joseph, he was still not where he wanted to be, in a foreign land, without his family, etc., etc. But the prison became a, a place where God then elevated him to the palace. We just don't know what God may be doing. See, Elihu says that the righteous people of God will end up being exalted with kings. Jesus said in Luke 22, you are those who have stood by me in my trials and just as the Father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom 
And you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Listen to this. Right after he said that, he turns to Peter and he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. That's Luke 22, 28 through 32. On the heels of a promise from Jesus, you're going to sit on thrones. You're going to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. And then he turns to Peter and says, oh, by the way, Peter, Satan's been demanding permission to destroy you. He wants to put you in a plastic bag on the grocery aisle. He wants to sift you like wheat. Why didn't you tell me that, Lord? I didn't need that piece of information. Yes, you did, because you need to know that I'm praying for you. And when you have turned again, what was about to happen to Peter? He was about to fall on his face. He's about to deny the Lord three times that he even knew him. He was going to go out and weep bitterly, but he was going to turn back again. And the first 10 chapters of the book of Acts are Peter preaching in the midst of Jerusalem with the power of the Holy Spirit. He couldn't even confess Christ in front of a servant girl. And now he said to the religious leaders, we're not going to stop speaking in this name. I don't care what you do to me. What makes the difference there? The Lord is exalted. The Lord is his name. And if the righteous here, verse 8, are bound in fetters or chains and are caught in the cords of affliction, and this often does happen. In fact, this language, fetters, is used of chains of captives. If you're interested, write down Nahum 3.10, Isaiah 45.14, and Psalm 147, verse 8. Sometimes the righteous are bound in chains or bound in fetters. Well, give me an example. You might say, Pastor Michael, how about Paul and Silas in a Philippian jail? Being put in the stocks, what was their crime? They were preaching Jesus Christ in Philippi. (laughs) They delivered a servant girl from demonic possession and they were thrown in prison How many brethren do you think tonight are behind bars simply just because they spoke out the gospel in a place where it was illegal? The righteous can end up in chains. Jesus was carrying his cross down the Via Dolorosa. What did he do wrong? Nothing. Sometimes the righteous just end up in chains or cords of affliction The New Living Translation, verse 8, Job 36 says, sometimes we end up in a web of trouble. Now, sometimes the web is woven carefully by our own dumb decisions, amen? We often talk about a web of lies. And sometimes we have woven the web ourselves. But sometimes the chains around us are the enemy. Sometimes it's his web that he is spun for us, so to speak, and we walk somewhere not expecting to get caught in the web. What do we do in those circumstances? If, if anything, that explains Job, does it not? Job was a righteous and godly man. Why is he in the condition he's in? Because Satan has attacked him with guns blazing. Well, when this happens, what, what does God do? When someone, uh, a, a righteous person, is in chains or fetters or in a web of trouble, 
Then he, God, declares to them their work and their transgressions, that they have magnified themselves. Another version says, he shows them the reason, he shows them their sins of pride. The righteous do suffer, write this down, this is Hebrews 5.8, it says, although he, Jesus, was a son, Hebrews 5.8, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Hebrews 5.8, Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. You mean Christ had to learn obedience? Yes, because he was fully human and because he did grow and he was growing in the grace and knowledge of, of the Lord, growing in wisdom and stature and so forth. Some of that is a mystery how that all works but the righteous do suffer, chains of affliction, chains of persecution. And when you're going through something, Elihu says that God will declare their work to them, or the other translation, New Living, says he will declare a reason. What is he saying? Elihu does not deny that, this, that Job is innocent. He's not saying that his suffering is a result of sin. But Elihu is saying that suffering often brings out the pride and rebellions, rebellion in our hearts as it has done to Job. Please hear me very clearly. Elihu is saying, Job, you have now sinned against God since you began the suffering. See, how many times in your own life have you gone through something, and you may be going through something tonight, and maybe it's lingered for a while, and maybe you've prayed about it a multitude of times, and it's there, and you didn't like the darkness of your heart as you went through it. I, my heart has disappointed me many, many times. Where I'm going through something, and I'm a man of faith, and I'm a pastor, and I've been walking with the Lord for three decades, and then I get a little poo-poo, and you're taking away a thorn in my flesh, and then, why? It's been, it's been 26 minutes, oh, why, oh. Right? And the things that we have preached to others, now we have to walk. Now we have to say, am I going to lean into God or am I going to just do a whole lot of whining and complaining? What does my heart look like when something doesn't get fixed in a microsecond the first time I pray about it? What does my heart look like? What does my faith look like when I'm praying about something that I think God should do? If I were the running the universe, I would certainly do it for, for me. <laughs> Right? And then it doesn't happen. Will I yield to God anyway? Or will I begin to complain? The chains, says one writer, the cords of affliction, not only keep them from traveling further down a wrong road, but they inflict pain to make the errant conscious of the impending doom that lies at the end of the wayward path they have taken. Let me translate. Sometimes God allows us to be bound up a little bit so we don't keep going down the stupid road we started. And I can't tell you how that all works, but if we start to get 
silly with God and we start making our accusations against God and we can bind ourselves up, right? Just by ourselves alone. But at some point, God may narrow the gap, so to speak, so you don't keep walking down that same road. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Michael Lance says it at the end of each week, get to church. Fellowship is important. If you live in Southern California, make sure you visit the church Pastor Michael has the honor of serving as senior pastor. Living Truth Christian Fellowship is in the city of Corona on 1009 Arsenal Way. You can learn more about the church on walkintruth.com. If you listen to Walk in Truth and you're nowhere near Southern California, Pastor Michael would ask that you make an effort to get into fellowship. Being alone is needed sometimes, but it's not the way the Lord would have you live. Pastor Michael and the whole Walk in Truth team pray you get to church this week and learn more about Pastor Michael Lance, the mission of Walk in Truth, and our church at walkintruth.com. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. I'm a man of faith, and I'm a pastor, and I've been walking with the Lord for three decades, and then I get a little poo-poo, and it's taken away, and a little thorn in my flesh, and then, why? It's been... It's been 26 minutes, oh, why, oh, right? And the things that we have preached to others, now we have to walk. Now we have to say, am I going to lean into God or am I going to just do a whole lot of whining and complaining? What does my heart look like when something doesn't get fixed in a microsecond the first time I pray about it? What does my heart look like? What does my faith look like when I'm praying about something that I think God should do? If I were the running the universe, I would certainly do it for, for me. <laughs> right? And then it doesn't happen. Will I yield to God anyway? Or will I begin to complain? The chains, says one writer, the cords of affliction, not only keep them from traveling further down a wrong road, but they inflict pain to make the errant conscious of the impending doom that lies at the end of the wayward path they have taken. Let me translate. Sometimes God allows us to be bound up a little bit so we don't keep going down the stupid road we started. And I can't tell you how that all works, but if we start to get silly with God and we start making our accusations against God and we can bind ourselves up, right? Just by ourselves alone. But at some point, God may narrow the gap, so to speak, so you don't keep walking down that same road. God has ways of getting our attention because he's a loving father who disciplines his children, amen? Why? But, but why? Well, if you read Hebrews 12, it says he disciplines us 
that we may share in his holiness. He's trying to make us more like him. And Elihu is revealing to Job something that Job needs to see. Because Job started off so good. Go back and remind yourself for a second. In Job 1, go all the way back to Job 1. We're going to review the entire book of Job now. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. So go back to Job 1. So when the announcement came that um, Job's children were killed, uh, 19, a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house. It fell on the young people and they died. I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head. He fell to the ground and what did he do? He worshiped and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. We all know the song, right? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. In the very next chapter, Satan goes full force after Job, verse seven, chapter two. He went out, Satan did, from the presence of the Lord. He smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to the crown of his head. And Job took a posture to scrape himself while he was sitting among the ashes. His wife said to him, do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Do you see where Job talks about accepting adversity? There's such a thing as the gospel of adversity, brothers and sisters. The gospel of adversity. You know what that is? It's called your Christian life. (laughs) You're going to face adversity in your Christian life. And God's going to use that adversity in your life to shape you and to instruct you and to teach you. And these are some of the hard lessons and they're some of the the most difficult pains that we can go through. Elihu talks to Job in 36.10 about that type of instruction. He says, God opens their ear to instruction and commands that they return from evil. He makes them, NIV, listen to correction and commands them to repent of their evil. If they hear, and here's two possible responses to God's word, if they hear and serve him, so let's say that they got involved in complaining and sin and they're going the wrong direction, they shall end their days in prosperity, and this is what's going to happen to Job, and their years in pleasures, everything will be restored back to him. But if they do not hear, what will happen? They shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, the Lord says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane. Judas comes up and betrays him with a kiss. They begin to take Jesus into custody. Uh, Peter pulls out his sword. He begins hacking away and he cuts the ear off of the servant of the high priest, Malchus, right? And Jesus says, put your sword in, your, in, your, in the sheath. He who lives by the sword will die by the sword. Don't you know I must drink this cup of suffering and the cup 
of wrath. How else will the word of God be fulfilled? Now, to Peter's credit, at least he tried to defend his Lord. Amen? I'm not sure any of us would have been strong enough knowing what the numbers looked like, knowing, knowing there was hundreds of soldiers, and Peter newly, uh, surely knew it was a death sentence to pull that sword out. But he did it anyway. He actually did what he said he was going to do. He said, Lord, I will die for you. And he was willing. But do you know what? If Jesus had not intervened and healed the ear right there, Peter would have died that night, most likely, you know, taking all the just the human things into account, the odds. And then Peter never would have had his ministry. See, sometimes we're heading down a road and there's inexplicable things that have happened to us and God is instructing us. And if we keep moving away and entering into a more narrow, narrow place and keep adding link by link the chains of rebellion and turning our back on God, at some point that sword may end up killing you. You say, what does that mean? That means if you know God and you start feeding an addiction, you start going astray, you start doing all the wrong things, and you continue down that road of rebellion, God might just hand you over to that and to the consequences of that. Have you seen it before? I have. Where someone just goes off and, you know, they had a, a Christian testimony and something happened and... Sadly, they, they end up perishing by the sword. Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, consider carefully how you listen. And he said that right after he shared the parable of the sower or the soils. He compared the word of God to seed that a sower throws into the ground. And he, he gave three types of soil, remember? And he said only one soil was good and produced a crop. And right after he shared that parable, he said these words, be careful how you listen. You've been listening to He is Exalted, part two on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 36. If you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just so you know, we have free apologetic events coming up, and we'd love it if you joined us. They're called 633, and that's based off of Matthew 633. Pastor Michael invites special guests, professionals in their fields, to talk about hard topics that affect the culture. In the past, we've had guest speakers that have talked about the issue of racism, the COVID-19 pandemic, suicide, and how we as Christians can talk about these issues. You can watch those talks and many others on our free Living Truth app. And having the app on your phone or tablet will help because you'll be the first to know the details about our upcoming events. If you live outside California, you can still be a part of our 633 events because we live stream them. And with the app, you can participate in the question and answer portion of the event. Learn more about 633 when you download the Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars or by visiting walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Now, sometimes when we hear scriptures about God's justice or discipline, we say, well, does that mean that God actually punishes me when I sin? I thought I was forgiven. I thought 
if I'm in Christ, I'm a forgiven person. Oh, you are forgiven. But here, here's something to think about. It would be like being a son of a father. Now, you will always be a son of that father, but it doesn't mean that the father won't discipline you. You can read Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 11. This will help uh, bring understanding to this. You can be in covenant with God. You belong to him. You're his child. But he can also discipline you. And there's a difference, I would argue, between wrath or punishment and discipline. Discipline is used that we might share in God's holiness, become more holy. Wrath or punishment would be you know, like a final um, dealing with an individual uh, to pour wrath on them. That's not for the believer, but certainly discipline does happen and God does it that we might become more like him, share in his holiness. So just remember the difference between wrath and discipline. And that's what we get as a believer. We get disciplined by our father. But Paul says, if we discipline ourselves, then we won't be judged by our father. So better that we correct ourselves And that way we can stay close to God and we don't even have to deal with that disciplinary hand. So that's the difference. I hope that helps. This is Pastor Michael, and we'll do part three on He is Exalted Tomorrow, Lord willing. We'll see you right here. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station, provide the podcast for free, and it helps us do our free apologetic events too. So please consider becoming a monthly partner of at least $5 a month, or you can donate at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow on this station for Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 36 called He is Exalted. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.